people think? Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Hey! Welcome to the Who Sign Is It Anyway podcast, the podcast by two sisters. And I'm Deborah. And I'm Mia. And we're welcoming you into our bi monthly conversation all about a sweet little baby moon. And this episode, we're talking all about the Gemini new moon that's coming on June 10th at 6 53 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also the solar eclipse that is happening at 6.41 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, also on June 10th. And this is a extra special episode because it's our one-year anniversary yeah. of this podcast. We started on a Gemini new moon last year. Mm-hmm. So in celebration of that, we're going to be doing a little giveaway and we're going to be giving away a mini natal chart reading and a mini tarot reading, as well as one of our Who Sign Is It Anyways t-shirts that we were, that Deborah was fundraising with for her birthday month. Mm-hmm. And for the rules and explanation on how to enter, we'll talk all about that at the end of the episode. Yes, you're gonna want to submit because you're not gonna just get one astrologer, you're getting the both of us. We're gonna do like a little round table read for you. And not to toot my own horn, that long sleeve pink Who Sun Is It Anyway shirt is amazing. I wear it like every other day. It's so comfy and perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, now we'll get into our anniversary episode. Yeah. And also I just want to say thank you to everybody who has encouraged us to continue recording episodes, who have told me how much they love it, who have shared it with their friends. Honestly, this is really beautiful that this is our lunar return because we started this on the Gemini new moon to share this with other people. And that's really been the feedback that we've gotten. And so we really just appreciate anybody and everyone who's ever listened. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate everyone's support, friends, families, strangers, yeah. and the support that crosses like, you know, we're sisters <laughs> who have obviously different lives and different states and different things going on and different supporters who have come to support the both of us together. Mm-hmm. So thank you yeah. for supporting the both of us and this podcast. And we hope you've been enjoying listening to it and interacting with us as much as we have been with you guys. Yeah. So a deep, deep, deep thank you from us. And you definitely, again, want to wait till the end of the podcast to find out how you can enter to win those goodies because we just wanted to share something to share our, to show our gratitude. But now we're going to get into this intense, this wild uh, solar eclipse that's happening on the 10th. All right. So firstly, like always, I'll just give you a little rundown of what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be talking about what new moon energy is, what a conjunction is. Um, Then we're going to be breaking down Gemini energy, then how the moon feels when it's in Gemini. 
and just give you a quick overview of exactly what an eclipse is, what makes an eclipse, and then we're going to be getting into the specific aspects that are defining this solar eclipse. And there are definitely a few, and there's some heavy hitters in there. Um, then I will share what house this solar eclipse is going to be hitting you in your birth chart. And lastly, we're going to do a mini tower read, and then we'll finish up the episode, letting you know how you can enter into the our little birthday giveaway. So new moon energy. We'll keep it brief because we have a lot to cover, mm-hmm. and but we never like to skip over this. Um, I feel like we say something a little bit different each time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so new moon energy is really, it's the beginning of the cycle, and I've said this time and time again, but it feels like how you feel at the beginning of the new year. It always feels like a fresh start to me. It's time to plant those seeds and, and more than just plant those seeds, just like start going for things, like take those opportunities and start that journey, that jump start, especially with the eclipse, like mm-hmm. we'll talk about later. So yeah, it's definitely all about that new, new and getting into it. Uh, with full confidence and full force, knowing that this is what's going to propel you for the rest of this moon cycle. Pick something that you want to like see through, something you're excited about, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, 100%. And this is such a new, new moon, this particular one, because it is a solar eclipse and because of other things that we'll mention in the aspects conversation. But yeah, we don't like to skip this part because it's just a way to ground ourselves in the energy. Um, because when there's so much going on, you want to kind of just zoom in like the very core of what it is. And that in itself, I think is, um, really important and really finds, uh, allows us to find the energy of the new moon. And a lot of times for a new moon, that's going to be kind of some extra motivation or extra spark, um, because there is an alignment between the sun and the moon. And in particular, that is called a conjunction. So a new moon is when the sun and the moon are at the same degree in the same sign. Um, Conjunctions happen with all other planets, not just the sun and the moon, but when it happens with the sun and the moon, it's called a new moon. So when planets meet at the same Uh, degree in the same sign, there is a blending and a fusion of their energy. Um, It's not going to be this planet is talking to this planet. It really kind of just becomes one. It's kind of like um, really codependent relationships when like the couple is kind of inseparable and you kind of like always are just hanging out with the both of them instead of that one person. That's a conjunction. They're really codependent yeah but in a less annoying way it's meant to bring harmony and like make things a little bit easier for you to um with the sun and the moon go for definitely but not all planets when they meet in conjunction are harmonizing um it could also be a little messy but in particular with the new moon it does feel really aligned it does feel really good because um, we're talking about our emotional body and our purpose and who we are mm-hmm. with the sun, right? So exactly. that always is going to feel nice when that stuff is coordinating. And this moon in particular, like we said, uh, and the sun is in Gemini. I know we said this last episode, but happy Gemini season mm-hmm. to all my Geminis. My roommate's a Gemini, so yeah, well, one of my roommates 
So I'm very excited. Her birthday's coming up. So <gasps> is, we're really her feeling... birthday is actually, I don't know if this is, I don't want to share her personal information, but it's like right around the clips, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a big year for yeah. her. That's mm-hmm. her solar return is major, yeah. major, major. Exciting. So anyway, exciting. So the base, we briefly got into Gemini energy last episode, but give the very brief breakdown it's a mutable air sign and its ruler is mercury which um i know i always reference our old episodes i just think you know we say it's so great (laughs) sometimes but whenever i think of gemini um it's one of those signs that i always think of their ruling planet with them because i i obviously all planets really go with it but Mercury is one I also feel like we're all pretty familiar with. It has a lot to do with communication. Um, and nowadays, communication has a lot to do with technology. So that a bit as well, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, so those are like the the foundation of Gemini. But Deborah, what is your favorite quality of a Gemini slash something you you love to see for them? You're like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy. Like, you wish you could do that. You're like, oh, good for them. I... I love the Gemini energy. Um, It's just so like I love that you mentioned Mercury, right? Because it definitely we have to bring up Mercury, especially with this um, solar eclipse, because it's a heavy hitter in this chart. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mercury has everything to do with our thinking process. You know, it's when people use the word I don't know if people really use this word much anymore, actually, but mercurial, you know, that's Taylor Swift uses that word. Okay. There we go. She's spreading some astrology wisdom. Yeah, she is. Um, People had to look up what it meant, but I knew what it meant. See? Oh my God. Exactly. So it's about like your thought process, like your thinking. It's very cerebral. Um, And so it's not emotional. You know, it's really about logic and like rationalizing things um yes it's trying to find answers in like a um yeah mm -hmm. for sure so that's what gemini likes to do right so when we're talking about gemini and mercury that's what we really want to how we want to characterize it right so that's going to mean that they love learning um they love reading. I was I saw this meme the other day. It was it was like, oh, all I like to do is read books and have sex. And I'm like, that is like Venus and Gemini and like uh Moon and Scorpio, or like Moon and Gemini and like Mars and Scorpio or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But like they do, they love absorbing information and they're also very quick to do it so it's not as much as like when Sagittarius when they want to learn something and go to school for it for 10 years Gemini is more like let me learn what I can in like a shorter amount of time and once I have the grasp on it I'll go and learn something else you know yeah definitely like a jack of all trades mm-hmm. in the best way i feel like some people don't like that expression because yeah. it like leads into like master of none but in the best way it's just that curiosity so it's beautiful they want to know so much and they're they want to know all of it like simultaneously kind of have all of that in their bag of tricks mm-hmm. and 
Yeah. I also, when you're just talking about like conversations and stuff, this actually came up with my roommate Liz, who she also designed our logo for who sign is it anyway. And, I and love that. art for the who sign is it anyway on the t-shirts. So again, like an artist, she does, she uses all kinds of mediums, et cetera. But as far as conversations go, we were talking about recently how she was like, I feel like you, you try not to be on your phone when you're around me. Cause I know she doesn't really like it. And I was like, yeah, but I also like, I only really go on my phone around people if I feel like they don't want to talk or they don't have much to say. So we're just going to sit here in the same room together. But I was like, I always feel like you have a conversation you want to have. You have a topic. There's something to say. Like, we're like, if you're in the same room as me, we're going to talk. So there's no need for me to be on my phone. That's like the two of us. Yeah. So I think that is just very much Gemini energy of all they need is some good people. Not even anyone. Give them anyone. And they're just going to talk and have a great time. And I love that because I also love socializing, but I think I have a much shorter fuse for it than a Gemini would Mm -hmm. in the sense that like it's, that's all they want is to absorb Mm -hmm. and learn. Yeah. And you do that even from people that maybe like, and not learn necessarily in the sense of like learning a skill or a topic you learn in class, but just like learning about people, about human nature in the way that you interact with the people around you. So even if they're just talking about something so random, you're like, well, they're like, oh, at least this is something that, you know, I've never heard before and I'm hearing for the first time. They love that. They live off that. They're good listeners as well. Not only as like Mm -hmm. part of being a conversationalist, it's not just about speaking. It's about listening. Um, Right. And that's a dying no no I'm kidding no like it definitely is something that I think even mo- modern times is really important well even more so mm. because there's so much uh I feel like people are so quick to like give advice or like just put in their opinion and that automatically obliterates the conversation because it's no longer a conversation you're speaking to somebody you know or at, at somebody. somebody exactly <laughs> and when the Gemini yeah is there to actually listen to you and not like in a Sagittarius because again, Sagittarius is the opposite sign. They're on the same axis. So it really is there to mirror and reflect the similarities and differences. But um, where a Sagittarius is more like, oh, I know the truth. This is really how it is. You know, a Gemini Mm -hmm. is genuinely just interested in listening to you and your perspective, not in a judgmental way, but just to understand, because again, mercurial, um, where you're coming from. Yeah. They just want to hear it no matter what it is, Mm -hmm. which I enjoy. And I love conversations like that and people that love to just not obviously not just hear you speak. Like I love hearing them like the whole, like you said, it's a, the whole thing of a conversation there. That's their at their highest vibe, they could give a class on how to have a conversation. A hundred percent. That's like Gemini, like mastermind class. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then as far as a low vibe, which we always like to talk about both because, you know, we got a lot of Libra energy here and it's all about balance. Baby. But I do, I, I feel like I always interrupt you on this part too. I'm never done with the high vibe. I know. <laughs> but the, the, I, That's so I do want to share the other I think big aspect of Gemini um, is that it's very playful. It's very, cause it also mm-hmm. like rules like kids. Um, so mm-hmm. it's about having so fun. Yeah. It's about having fun with um, the things that they're learning and doing. It's coming from a place of 
genuinely like, oh, I'm excited. What is like this? Child look, that like childlike wonder. Exactly. You know, when you see a kid with the big eyes, like looking like, <gasps> like that. Exactly. And like, that's how they approach things. So that's why they can like jump to other things. It's all experimental. It's all fun. And again, doing it with a sense of like playfulness um, mm-hmm. is also really important for Gemini. And then also I wanted to mention how, they can also be very, so we talked about the conversationalists and another specific part of how they conversate is that they're very quick and witty and clever. I feel like they're always the ones like making yeah. the best puns. They're very good with their words. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure, sure that we shared that because <laughs> that's a very no, yeah, high vibe. Very witty. And I, I love that distinction too. I feel like lately I've been using it. I know I've been watching a lot of movies with my Gemini roommate <laughs> and there is just such a difference between like f- funny and like witty Yes. and Gemini's are definitely witty. It's, it's, it's not just like smart humor in the sense that it's like, Oh, that's so well said, but it's just like, you're like, Oh, you thought of that. Like that was like, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> it makes people think. It makes people stop mm-hmm. and have to mentally process. And then it's like, oh, that was fun. It was like a little game. <laughs> yeah. It was like a little game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I, that, I'm happy you'd mentioned that too. I feel like their, their grasp on words in general is just, that's obviously that we're talking about conversation, but just even separate from that, like from the simple cell of a word Mm -hmm. (laughs) is also like, they're good with it. That's why like writing, it really comes into their fortes and books and all that. They're wordsmiths. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great word. (laughs) I remember one time you called me a wordsmith and I went, what's that? And then you told me and I was like, I guess I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) No, you were just a young one and now you're more involved. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this was a few months ago. (laughs) Wow, time flies. I thought it was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't have a concept of time. Anyway, low vibe time, Deborah? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask for permission now. <laughs> no, forward. please don't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's good. It's good. I definitely, I feel like I do sometimes accidentally speed past the high vibes because I just like to humble everybody to know that we're not just idolizing or idealizing these things because mm-hmm. people are still people. And yes, better. and also your Mercury and Aries. We're like, all right, let's go. I know, I know. <laughs> People are probably like, Mia's always rushing it, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, guys. And my Mercury and Taurus, where I'm like, let's spend a little bit more time on this. I don't know how we've done a year of this podcast, but anyway, um, but yeah, it's so, so fun. Low vibe. I just the first thing that comes to mind when you're like, again, I always like to say the spectrum, the high thing can mm-hmm. flip, the same exact thing flips over. And as far as that conversationalist goes, conversationalist goes, they can get a bit gossipy because they love talking mm-hmm. and like getting to know people. Yeah, but what does that come with when you, you know, are in a group of friends or you know you're at your job and it's just like a small group of people. There's always going to be some tea, if you will, and they want in on it. They want to know. Not that they. Not that they want to be part of the drama, but they like to talk mm-hmm. about it for sure. They exactly they don't like the drama, but the thing is because it's um, because Gemini is again Mercury words and mutable, which is about dispersing. Mm-hmm. So they love to disperse and share information and stories, and yeah. so they kind of really can't help themselves. You yeah. know, <laughs> like it's which, just what they like to do. Yeah, and I know really calling it a low vibe which i guess to be fair out of all the low vibes you could have like if you're a big gossipy 
All right. <laughs> okay, we're Latinas. We love G-Smith. Like, G-Smith. how are we putting this down? Like, it doesn't feel right that I we're know. putting no. this down. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, you know, G-Smith didn't hurt nobody. I want to know. Yeah. yeah. So, That's I don't know. So Let's funny. call it a medium vibe. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens, you know? Yeah. What about you, Deborah? Any any low vibes? No medium vibes. <laughs> I know. I feel like we should just retitle our low vibe section section to medium vibes because I never wanted to like make it be like, this is terrible. I, I feel weird about it. You guys tell us if you are okay with us using the term low vibe. <laughs> but I think one of the things with, uh, I guess, lower functioning Gemini energy or when it's just not being aspected well is that it can have... Um, difficulty making decisions for sure. It's that, and this is more that I feel bad for them or that planet in that sign that it could just be like in their head, you know, like having, having to go through all the choices because they have that bandwidth, right? And so they're going through all of it, which is unnecessary a lot of the times. And then having to make that decision is that much more difficult, Mm -hmm. especially with even though Mercury is in its rulership in Gemini, which is in right now, um, it also can cause a little bit of a misalignment in our nervous system because Gemini is also fast. Um, Mm. And so that kind of like that mental distress of like all these choices, all this processing over when we overuse our reasoning, um, it can trigger anxiety. And so Mercury is one of the planets that is linked with anxiety, Mm -hmm. even in Gemini, because it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. The planet basically in Gemini is able to do what it does best. Um, But that doesn't mean best for the human body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it just means really good and that's what it does, but it could be very overwhelming for humans. Um, So I think that that's one of like the lower functioning sides of it. Um, And also where it's really quick to, um, good or bad, it's mutable. So it's part of what it is. It is able to adapt and change and like roll with the program. It's like mm, new stuff come at signs. it. Yeah. Personally, mutable is one of my faves. Well, just because I think being able to adapt and accept change is so valuable. It builds resilience. In, in your human experience. And... Yeah, I sent Deborah this meme tweet. She didn't react to it when I texted her, so I'll tell it to you guys. <laughs> but it was like... You seem a little butthurt about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. That was hilarious. It was on Twitter. And I guess... I, I'm just going to tell you the Twitter. I feel... I don't want to like laugh at this tweet and not give this person credit, but it's Super Moon Girl 9. Okay. And it's like mutable signs. Just accept it how it is. Everything's changing anyways. Fixed signs. Bitch, I cannot. I'm scared cardinal signs (laughs) laughing in the background because they initiate any change in their life and i do remember seeing this and i just i wanted to read the whole thing but i think the mutable part yeah like they're just always accepting and understanding that change is a part of life and obviously everyone has their like varying degrees of being able to accept change but i love that about mutable signs because um when we get into the moon in gemini uh in a moment and I've talked about the moon in mutable signs. I just, I feel like it opens up your options to problem solving and that makes healing and getting through things just a lot, not easier, but like of a smoother process for someone when they're not like stuck on one thing or on like my way, how I normally go about things has worked for me. So I'm always going to do it. So yeah, that's why I have a lot of respect 
for a lot of respect and admiration for just mutable signs in general surrounding that yeah. idea. 100%. And it definitely is a skill set. And me from like a super fixed chart, I think maybe that's why I didn't respond to that <laughs> tweet like, because I, I was just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, it's not that bad. It's for fixed <laughs> signs. And as I'm being so stubborn to admit it, yeah, yeah 100%. As, as she didn't react to it, still hasn't really commented on what I just said. And is first defending the fact that she's a fixed sign. <laughs> Guys, she has not commented on this yet, technically. I can't help myself. I just have to. It's that's okay. the fix. My chart is 90% you know fixed. That's a cardinal sign. I, I'm in a shade and change. We're going to move on. <laughs> shade and change. I love it. Um, no, 100%. It builds the resilience. It really is. That's why it is um, such a big part of what is like a piece of astrology and like the holisticness of astrology. Like you need to, people do need to be able to adapt, right? That's what evolution is, right? At the grand scheme of everything, if we stayed the same of what we were like 10,000, 100,000 years ago, we wouldn't be here. Um, it's, it, it fosters growth in a lot of different ways. So that is really an amazing thing with it. Um, but I did also want to mention as far as like a lower function of uh, Gemini is that Gemini is also about speed. You know, it <laughs> does things real fast. Speed. Yeah. It likes to go get done, move ahead, go move forward. Um, but the thing is, sometimes when you go at so much speed, you can... Um, leave people in the dust. I feel like we've used that expression before. Yeah. We were talking about Sagittarius actually, which is interesting because we always um, compare the two and their similarities. Mm -hmm. And I have said that about Sagittarius. Yeah. Um, But also in Gemini, it just can leave room for errors like because they are um, kind of just want to like learn things almost through osmosis, but it's not possible. So they just kind of like like devour things and again it just leaves room for misunderstanding or mistakes in that way it's all my gemini's take a deep breath Medi- meditate sorry <laughs> i'm really into meditation again recently and not that like i don't know it's obviously something that you practice in your own time in your own life but i watched like a documentary on it and everyone gemini's especially slow your mind down for sure yeah, 100%. You got that air in you cuz it's an, again, it's an air sign. Right. So those it's just a magical combo. <laughs> so now the moon in Gemini we're going to get into. <laughs> um I kind of briefly said this before my piece on the moon in Gemini really focuses on its um mutability for its ability to kind of like filter through all those options that they are willing to use, but also their desire for knowledge and like the truth is that they really want answers. So if it's a a conflict going on, like they're, they're not just looking to like get over the feeling. They want to know why this happened, like Mm -hmm. exactly what went into it. How can I prevent it? Do I want to prevent it? What did the other person do? What did I do? X, Y, Z, the whole alphabet they want. Um, to learn from it. To yeah. learn from it. So they very um, – actually what I want to compare it to is like an Aries moon just 
is in and out with that emotion. Sorry, I snapped near the microphone if that hurt your ears. <laughs> They're very in and out with that emotion. They're like quick to get angry really fast sometimes. And then they're just like, oh, whatever. I don't feel angry anymore. So I'm going to move on from the whole situation. Whereas like a flame right? where it's just out, it's out. Exactly. But with the Gemini moon, it's much more of a process because they want to understand the whole thing a lot better. And then that's why they're like, okay, now I can move on. Um, and that's the distinction with, again, the Gemini trait of just wanting to learn from it accompanied with its ability to feel like they have all these options because they're not fixed on one thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And what I also see in their thought process on how to do that, they can also do that with very clean delineation, you know, where, or discernment where they don't really get it muddy with their feelings where like if Mm -hmm. this person, let's say messed up, right. Should, I feel like a moon in Gemini won't associate an emotional tag on it, like mm-hmm. um, like shaming or patronizing. They wouldn't do that because they're like, that is just what happened. There's not yeah. like a anger behind it where, of course, it can be. It is the moon. But like in general, how they're processing it is just like X, Y, and Z happen. More like mathematical. Like mm-hmm. this led to this and led to that and have that separation of a normal emotional process not normal that sounds really fucked up but like in um again it separates it from like the emotional body into the cerebral body Mm -hmm. because it's about it's coming from mercury which is our thought process our logic that's um how i view them like problem solving essentially Mm -hmm. i also put that i also like to put what uh, comforts the moons in their sign. Mm-hmm. So a moon in Gemini really feels comforted when it's talking and socializing with others. It's would be an example of an extrovert. Of course, it's just moon in Gemini. I'm not talking about like the other parts of charts, which can affect it. Um, cause it likes to also, um, when it's emotionally processing, it likes to talk it out. So there always has to be like, I feel like where they could talk it out with a person. Um, they're not going to internalize it as much as let's say like a moon in Scorpio. It's going to be like wanting to do exactly what you said, Mia, but with somebody. Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit of a chatterbox because that gives them joy. Um, and they're also things that make them feel good is learning, reading. Um, and also, I feel like change that we talked about that being able to just change. Actually, I feel like it's something that invigorates them, that they could get bored very easily if things are stagnant or if there's almost too much consistency. Right. And I'm happy you mentioned the like talking it through because the Gemini like is the twins and mm-hmm. um, that they do like being not like being in a pair in the sense that they have to be in a relationship. Like they, ha- they have to have this whatever going on, but they like, having someone to bounce off of essentially because they like Mm -hmm. to talk and have that conversation and that's how they get a lot of their ideas and inspiration and like you said brings them joy that's how they problem solve and all the other things so absolutely it's really great for them to have someone there I remember when we went to see Anne Ortley this if you don't know if you don't if you don't know know, I mean we talk about where do you live the queen of astrology um but when we were there, she was like, Deborah and I had obviously went together because we were inseparable. <laughs> but she was like, oh, it's so funny you guys came together. Like I normally 
see like a Gemini come with their friend. Like that's when I normally, yeah. like people nor- come alone usually, but she's like, oh, if I have a Gemini, they'll usually bring their friend. And yeah, that's just, again, it's not, I, I, I caution because I don't want it to sound like they're codependent that they like have mm-hmm. to have this because they, they are much more of an individual than that would give them credit for, but they just oh, like having super unique to have, mm-hmm. you know, in, not to have for themselves, but just in general, they just like that experiencing something with another human they're like wow this is what the experience mm-hmm. to is share about. it with because of that mutability mm-hmm. it's about sharing it like disperses information it shares it with others it involves others um yeah a hundred percent and one last thing i want to add is because this is the moon which is our emotional body in gemini I also find that moon, um, moon and Gemini can find words for how they're feeling pretty naturally where they could be very articulate about their feelings, um, which is definitely a, an amazing skill set because it's feelings are a different language than words, but they're able to convert them into words because they are a wordsmith. So that's all that um, moon and Gemini in general, Gemini energy, very... Not very briefly. We were talking for quite a bit, but just we'll look into that. And now, in the grand scheme of stuff, it is pretty. Brief. Yeah, that's the. We just like to give everyone a little what we think a gist is. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're gonna get into just a brief eclipse overview, so you can all understand, you know, what the heck is an eclipse and what's this jolt of energy? Mm-hmm. Exactly, jolts of energy. So astronomically what an eclipse is is the intersection of the path of the sun and the path of the moon so these orbits are in a slant they're not perfect circles so that's why they kind of form an x at what's called the nodes of fate so it's a mathematical point it's not like an asteroid or anything like that it's that midpoint so when they're at that midpoint there's exact alignment that's why we can see it, you know, that's why we can see the moon blocking the sun, um, during eclipses and it's, um, different from other new moons or full moons, because even if they're meeting at these points, they're tilted. So they're not an exact obstruction of light from one another, but at the, when they're meeting at these nodes, it's exact alignment and it, it creates, so now getting into astrology, it creates this portal, right? Like you always see it. And I feel like even like superhero movies, like these Marvel movies, when there's like this alignment of something and all of a sudden goes like, like this huge type of, um, rush of energy comes like through and that's the energy of an eclipse. It's can be like you said, me at jolting because it's such a rush um and because it is it's also very erratic so that's why the um common recommendation is to not try and manipulate this energy as far as you know doing spells or trying to even manifest because it's about receiving and seeing what comes and the changes that it creates um then trying to mold it into something specific because we're yeah. not going to have control over that. Exactly. And obviously do whatever you feel like works for you. And also 
I don't know why I just felt the need to say this, but that recommendation doesn't come out of like a place of fear. This isn't something you're like, oh, because I remember for the last eclipse, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, don't don't charge your crystals with this moon, like blah, 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 like put them away. And I left some of my crystals on my windowsill by accident. I was like, oh, it's like, you know, it's okay. Like these things are okay. It's just like Deborah said, it is just about receiving. So don't, you don't have to do that extra stuff. This is really something where the energy is coming to you full force. And it's one of the times <laughs> when we can just sit back and let it happen to some extent. Obviously, like you have, <laughs> you know, it's not just sit on the couch and let it happen. But mm-hmm. like Deborah said, it's not about manipulating this energy. It's really just a little gift on your front doorstep or knocking really hard on your front door or blowing the door down. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that kind of energy, but wow. it's coming to you anyways. So you don't have to call for it or anything like that. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Mia. Thank you so much for mentioning that because. That is a really big thing, I think, sometimes when in regards to like magical practices, a lot of times there can be fear and stigma against it because of things like that, that like things like this perpetuate fear, right? And so I'm really happy that you mentioned releasing some of that fear and in, in these practices so thank yeah because i know we say it for every eclipse like oh you know like don't manifest like don't manifest this energy and i just wanted to explicitly mention it's not because we're like don't do this, something bad's gonna happen it's just like yeah enjoy no. this energy really is what we're saying is like yeah. just you know write it right you know you can write about it how you're feeling and your dreams sometimes eclipses can bring really crazy dreams and all that stuff and receive 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 exactly um and so I mentioned the nodes of fade in regards to eclipses, right? Because it, the sun, it, an eclipse is when the sun and the moon are by the nodes, by the north or south node. And specifically what nodes do astrologically, there's a few different interpretations of this. And we went over a few of them last week, but as an overview, um, I just really like to see that the nodes, the north node is where we're going to be making more connections for things that are going to be coming to us. Um, and the South node is where a lot more disconnections happen. So that's a, just an overview and why this is also important because it's dealing with our, so the nodes are also called the nodes of fate because they work so deeply with like our life path. Um, And this is why eclipses are so important because when the sun and the moon, again, are who we are, are the essence of who we are, our our purpose and our emotional body are meeting with these nodes of fate, um, they catapult us on our life journey. So it's, this is why eclipses are such big energy. This isn't just a new moon. This is a new moon that's meant to catapult us into like the future, you mm-hmm. know, to create that really um, 
to make you see things that maybe you didn't see before. You know, sometimes you just have to shake things up to gain that new perspective yeah. or the thing that was so obvious you just couldn't see. And once you move things around, you're like, oh yeah, I had that lamp there. You know, like it just really to open up like our eyes and our heart and to what we really want for this life of ours. Um, so this is why astrologically and energetically eclipses are such big energy. For sure. And so now we're going to get into the aspects that we're going to be seeing and feeling and how they're going to play out with this Gemini energy and this eclipse energy and Mercury energy because it's playing a big part. Mm-hmm. And we, once Deborah, Deborah gives a brief overview in the aspects before we get into them, we did get a question. If you ever want to have your question answered on the podcast, we always try and put a question box in our stories so you can ask. So look out for that. Probably mm-hmm. like a week or a week and a half leading up to when the episode would normally come out. So when we're recording um, or just send us a DM if you ever have any questions and we'll answer them on the podcast. But just wanted to mention that we do have a question this episode. Yes. So Yay. we're going to get to it. Shout out to friend of the podcast. Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. If you're listening. Alyssa, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Do you want to read the question, Mia? Sure. So... The question was, um, I'd love to hear about how Mercury affects people born under retrograde, which is a great question. And I guess we'll just specifically talk about Mercury being in retrograde. Um, And yeah, so people who are born under Mercury in retrograde, personally, I would call lucky (laughs) because, (laughs) well, just in the sense that, um, you know how people are like, don't um, buy property or sign contracts or start a new job like when Mercury's in retrograde because things can just get a little bit wonky like as far as paperwork numbers starting things communication all that stuff can get a little bit messy but if you Mm -hmm. were born with Mercury while Mercury was in retrograde um, it's not that it doesn't have an effect on you of course as above so below but it's Mm -hmm. not as disorienting of an effect so those things are kind of like you don't, you don't really have to not do those things. Not that, you know, do whatever you want, everyone. But I know a good example is um, Deborah and mm-hmm. her husband, my brother-in-law, Brendan. Hi, Brendan. <laughs> he <laughs> was born with Mercury in retrograde and they, right, they signed their lease when Mercury was in retrograde because they were like, okay, half of us we're good. (laughs) Well, it wasn't like we were able to, this is what I was going to say. Like, absolutely. Like the disorienting is the lack. Well, less disorienting is exactly perfectly said. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like when they do, when they're going through Mercury retrograde transits, Mm -hmm. you know, currently it just doesn't, there's, not as much obstacles will come in their way. Like the process with Brendan and I had, you know, we were able like, I remember I even emailed Anne or I'm like, what do we do? Do you want to put an offer down at this place? And she's like, go for it. Um, so it just all went smoothly. Like mm. we put an offer, we got it approved. It was like no blockages. It went fast. It was like all fine, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that that's the biggest thing that I see with people that have Mercury retrograde natally. The universe doesn't give them as many obstacles doesn't give them as hard of a time so yeah that's to answer that question is um 
if you were born under Mercury retrograde, uh, Mercury retrograde transits don't give you as much of a hard time is more of the story. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I also want to add that like, also I find that Mercury retrograde natally really um, makes for really smart people. <laughs> um, and also when you have it, that placement natally, I, it just gives people more perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think, I actually think Anne said this before to us, um, that when you have Mercury retrograde natally, it's just kind of like you've seen it all before. Mm-hmm. So because it's a mutable planet, it kind of gives that wider um, view on the things that can happen. Right. You know? And also I find that when they have it natally, it when they're born, when they're younger, mm-hmm. they can be a little bit more, they can actually not be that chatty Kathy because it's more internalized. And then mm-hmm. with their progressed Mercury, when it shifts into direct um, in their progress or their solar arc charts, there will be a very obvious change in their speech pattern or how they express themselves. Mm-hmm. So, but that has to do more with like, um, again, like a little bit more advanced than just your natal chart. So if you have any specific questions about, um, your natal chart, if you have any retrogrades, then you can reach out to us and we'd be happy to get more into it because it it can get a little bit complicated. So anyways, that's that question. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for asking. Thank you. And now we're going to get into the aspects. Though we've been talking how there is a lot of mutable energy going around. Right, Deborah? Yeah. So that's something that you really want to be Again, like we were talking about earlier, you just want to zoom into the bigger picture, the more broad um, energies of any chart to get the sense of it. And so it's eclipse. So we're talking big time energy that has to do with our future um, and our life's path. And then because there's so much mutable energy, we want to focus on adapting and being fluid Um, because that's what the planets are influencing us to do. And also because Mercury is in Gemini um, and it's a very big part of this chart because it is right next to the sun and the moon um, within a degree. And then the following day, it actually is going to be forming a Kazemi, um, which is going to be almost exact, exact. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But with that, for me, it's really emphasizing um, showing us new perspectives. Um, Gemini is able to do that really well. And because of its influence over this chart, I think that's something that the universe is going to be supplying us with trying to see things differently. Um, and then also because Mercury is currently in retrograde. So that kind of internalizes our thought process. We really want to watch our self-talk and our self-dialogue when Mercury is in retrograde, because this is not so much about how we speak with others. It's going to be about how we process things. It's also emphasizing that with Gemini, a lot of times it has to do with decisions and giving us choices. And I'm just like perfect timing with this eclipse, right? Like we're going to be working on choices and decisions, not for small things, for our freaking life. You know what I mean? For our 
soul fulfillment of on our journey on this planet like are the questions that we're going to be asked during this eclipse during this um solar eclipse because they're at the nodes of fate so that's going to be making it a lot giving us a lot more of an impact so um the first aspect we'll talk about is moon conjunct mercury um so we mentioned the moon is like our emotional inner self our deepest needs and desires in that like what we need out of life etc um and then mercury being planet of communication um sharing ideas all things like that with this conjunction like we had talked about a conjunction is the blending of energies and it's not necessarily bringing uh like obstacles like all the bad or all the good it's just kind of everything coming together and you have to see how you work with it but yeah so the moon is in more than anything real simple is that it's basically making moon in gemini times two everything mm-hmm. that we talked about moon in gemini times it by two because we have the planet that rules that sign in that same sign right next to it so mm-hmm. it's just going to be um, more emphasized mm. all everything that we said before you know being able to find words for how you're feeling is going to really be a lot bigger um, being able to actually one other thing that I wrote was actually because it's even more amped up it actually is going to be able to allow us I think to connect with other people on how they're thinking and feeling that much more more I think more so thinking than feeling Mm -hmm. because of that Gemini yeah um like reading people's minds you know type of energy (laughs) so that's the moon conjunct mercury and then like I mentioned previously the sun conjunct mercury um when any planet is conjunct the sun, like I think within six degrees, it's called it, it's um, combust mm-hmm. because it's being absorbed into the flames, into the aura of the sun, which is very overpowering. It's the biggest star in our universe. So that's why it's called a, combust- a combustion. But when a planet is within 17 minutes so this is minutes not degrees so a very small window it's called a kazemi and a kazemi (laughs) is next level no it's really it's wild to me that we're not only going to have a solar eclipse so we're also going to have a kazemi on the same oh it's actually a few hours like it's going to be the next day exact um but it's part of this chart so Again, like this is not small fish that we are dealing with. Um, so when there is a mercurial Kazemi, it just amplifies the genius in us mm-hmm. more than anything. And the thing is, Mercury is going to be in retrograde. And so there is this mythology of when there is a Mercury retrograde Kazemi, um, it's coming from our shadow side. And this is why with this eclipse, I think it was another, it's another reason to be very aware of your self-talk because it's coming from our shadow side. And the mythology is that Hermes, who is the god of, who is Mercury, right? In Greek mythology, um, 
he's coming from the underworld because Hermes was the messenger. And so he also would lead people into the underworld. And I don't know if you guys, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you also dabble in tarot, but just like in the judgment card, a lot of interpretations are that Hermes is that liberator of Mm -hmm. um, releasing all that judgment that we could hold on to ourselves before that they before they go to that underworld or coming from the underworld. That's really interesting to me. I think that that's also going to be very deeply felt. Um, and how, but I want to remind people to because it's a lot of Gemini. It's a lot of using our brain, and sometimes our brain isn't very smart especially when it has to deal with our shadow side. So I do want, again, to emphasize people to just watch their self-talk or see what comes up and truly ask if that's how they feel, Mm -hmm. not only think. Right. Take time to slow down for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. always, but yeah, just like caution with all of this Gemini energy. Exactly. Um, Because it's, but the cool thing is that this is, it's not just a combustion, it is a Kazemi, and that is just lights up all the positive attributes of Mercury. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it doesn't dampen it like uh, when it's further away. When it's this close, it's called, it says that it's in the heart of the sun. So it almost is like an exalted. Uh-huh. That's the word. <laughs> so that's that aspect, which is pretty unique. And I think very interesting that we have it in an eclipse chart. So then we're going to be moving into the sun and the moon trining Saturn, which was also was which was also present in the last eclipse in the Sagittarius full moon. So nothing too different. Um, but really, when the sun and the moon are in this harmonious aspect with Saturn, it's going to organize our work. It's really here to help us create structure and discipline for our purpose. And what I love about Sunshine Saturn when this aspect happens, um, I find that in the in the moment of it, like the day of the transit, people are like, oh, I didn't really do mm-hmm. too much, right? Um, But the thing with Sunshine Saturn, it really is that baby step that lays a really strong foundation. So whether it's sending out that email, like reaching out to that person, writing the first page, creating a schedule, starting a new habit, um, they're not small decisions. They end up being very um, Mm -hmm. foundational into what you're building for yourself. Yeah, and that's Saturn, like it's putting that like consistent work in and like consistent work is little things along the way that make that like big change. Like you were saying, it's the foundation you're setting up and Saturn is definitely um, practical enough to understand it needs a good foundation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One step at a time, just like the goat mm-hmm. does up the mountain. And I do want to mention that Saturn is also in retrograde. So this may be reworking things, reestablishing commitments, revisiting projects. Um, it may be a new pers- again, new perspective with all this Gemini energy on what are what we want to show the world of ourselves. And then the next aspect we're going to talk about is Mercury square Neptune. So square is a little bit more difficult of an aspect. Um, and this is just going to bring a lot of confusion because it's Mercury, this 
communication planet and Neptune, which is a bit more foggy, if you will, unclear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it's just going to bring maybe like a lot of miscommunication, misunderstanding, um, not really being able to see the full picture, maybe things like that. So just keep that in mind, you know, listen to your gut. But I also just caution that like if you're going based off a misunderstanding, like just I feel like I've been saying this the whole episode, but just like take a beat to like to like (laughs) slow down because I feel like a lot of time that miscommunication misunderstanding is coming from just like speeding through something. So just, yeah, Mm -hmm. just understand that there is going to be this confusion going around and slow down and think about it. Not even think about it. Honestly, like Deborah said, (laughs) a lot of thinking going on, but just slow down, period, Mm -hmm. and you'll work your way through it a lot better. Yeah. And I did want to add, I put like advice question mark because um, I hate giving advice to be honest, but with Mercury square Neptune, like you said, Mia, there's that confusion and Mercury's in Gemini, but Mercury is in retrograde. So emphasizing the internalized aspect of it and the best way to slow it down, like you mentioned, is to kind of drop into your feelings and, and into your intuition because our mind is going to be going like a million miles per hour, just having to go through all these options basically. And I think it's a perfect, this aspect is really asking us to drop down into our intuition because of Neptune, though it could be a little bit more difficult because of that square, it's still accessing our intuition. Um, So drop into your feelings and see what your gut tells you to kind of lead you out of the fog. And then the next aspect we're going to talk about is the sun and moon square Neptune. So my sweet Neptune. (laughs) Um, so it's a square, so it's going to be a slightly difficult aspect, just like trying to bring together the energies of the sun and moon right now with Neptune. And this can just be a lot of emotional, (laughs) um, things to deal with and work through. Mm -hmm. And that can be overwhelming, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like this is also something we talk about a lot, but you just have to work through that by just like grow through what you go through kind of thing. You have to feel those emotions. Don't push them down or Mm -hmm. push them aside or think like I can just not deal with them. Um, You definitely have to let this aspect just kind of happen. If you're feeling a certain way, you have to just feel it all the way through, you know? Yeah. And so we're like, all right, it's just like you said, a lot of emotions because it can make us extra sensitive. And I remember I heard, I don't know where I heard this. I don't know if it was a podcast or from an astrologer I was speaking to, but I think it was a podcast. I think it was a ghost of a podcast. Yes. And so she was like, read someone's chart and she's like, you're sensitive. And <laughs> you're sensitive. That is what it is. And that hit me real hard because I feel like there's sometimes so much shame around sensitivity and like feeling so many feelings. Um, But this aspect is going to make us a little bit more sensitive and just realize Mm -hmm. that you're more sensitive, you know, and that's going to, so maybe things are because of that square with Neptune, not really what you're feeling at that time from that. Um, And just taking that with a grain of salt that like, 
you're feeling a little extra right now. Let's evaluate what's true. Let's get into that moon and Gemini energy of being able to discern if that's real or not. Oh, sure. And lastly, I just wanted to briefly talk about one of the biggest aspect transits of this year. Um, and that's going to be the Saturn square Uranus. And that's happening a few days after. So it's definitely in effect though for this eclipse. Um, and it's just going to be re-emphasizing a lot of things that we were just talking about because how we are reworking and rethinking our dreams and building the structures to work towards them, getting that new perspective, um, getting that um, redirection onto our path. So Saturn square Uranus also does that because um, it's taking these big structures in our life um, and breaking down what is no longer working for us, uh, where we need some more freedom, where we need more me, you know, where am I not showing up enough? Why, you know, your personal opinions, your personal way of doing things. That's what Saturn square Uranus is doing. It's breaking down all these old things. And so with this eclipse, with everything else we talked about is building it up in a new way, right? So they're going really hand in hand, but this is just, again, times two. And this is the second time it's happening for this year because Saturn is in retrograde. So it hit it when Saturn was direct, I think in January, February. Um, and now it's hitting it when Saturn's in retrograde because it's gone backwards and it's meeting up with Uranus again. And then it's going to be happening again later on in December. So when planets do this, when they hit an aspect three times because of retrograde. So the first time is kind of to give us a preview. What was happening then? What story started there that you were like, mm, I don't know about this. When it happens the second time, it's kind of like the main event. It's saying it, this is where like the conflict can be. This is where we're forced to really make um, like pivot in some way or where things just change, especially with your honest. The third one is going to be the wrap up, you know, dealing with the consequences, um, moving on in some way. Um, it's just going to close it up, tie a little bow on it. So this one is going to be super, I think, active in our lives in some way for the collective because it is outer planets. And, oof, and then Mars is moving into Leo, forming a T-square with these planets in a fixed sign. So it's going to be another reason why the second hit is going to be even more bam, bam to us. Bam. So overall, this eclipse is really bringing up a lot of creativity, a lot of creative energy that we are being asked to channel in a new way. Um, in a new, and I think right now it's talking about, cause we're talking about a foundation, right? With that trying to Saturn. So sharing with your friends, your close friends, your siblings, your neighborhood on this small scale. Um, it's not saying, to put this out in the world right now in this big old way. For some people, it can be. Um, but I think for all of us, this new cycle is about more doing it in the Gemini way, which is experimental, sharing with the people near you. Um, and the big players in this eclipse are Mercury, Neptune, and Saturn. So with all those planets, we are rethinking our dreams and creating structures to work towards them in a new way. Well, I was just, just going to say, um, I mean, just in general with all of this 
Gemini energy and solar eclipse, there really is a lot going on, um, especially with all these aspects. So I always just advise around full moon or new moon to really take this time to set up your like set yourself up for success in the way that like if you need time to yourself to slow down um any little little self-care things you do that you know really work for you um do all of it you know it's if that's what's going to help you do it because it's it's definitely the times of the most like pow energy you have to deal with so yeah mm-hmm. and now we're going to do the mini horoscope and I I kind of want to read the houses. Is that, is that breaking up the order too much? No, <laughs> Sorry, please guys, do. Yeah. No. So, okay. So now you're going to read it for the next okay. year. Um, the descriptions for the houses will be in the description. If you want to see exactly or false. <laughs> so if you're an Aries or Aries rising, then it's going to be, this moon's going to be in your third house, Taurus or Taurus rising, your second house, Gemini, Gemini rising, your first house, Cancer or Cancer rising, your 12th house, Leo or Leo rising, your 11th house, Virgo or Virgo rising, your 10th house, Libra or Libra rising, your 9th house, Scorpio or Scorpio rising, your 8th house, Sagittarius or Sagittarius rising, your 7th house, Capricorn or Capricorn rising, your sixth house, Aquarius or Aquarius rising, your fifth house, and then finally Pisces or Pisces rising, your fourth house. Wow, it really almost got me at the end. A little bit of a beautiful. Yeah, because it's just like, so now we're going to get into the tarot portion of the podcast, you know, personal favorite, and I'm going to go first. (laughs) So... The cards I pulled, I pulled two major arcana cards. The first one was the chariot. And I really love this for the solar eclipse energy because it's, and for the new moon energy, but I just feel like the solar eclipse is giving it that extra push. And that's really what this chariot is. It's the, um, for the tarot deck that I have, the modern witch tarot deck the image is this woman on a motorcycle and i just that's the energy mm-hmm. like you know when you like kick start the motorcycle and it's like it jerks into life that's really what this mm-hmm. is that like starting energy and it's not like you know obviously the easiest thing in the world but it's just getting going. It's just starting. Whatever that is, however that manifests in the project you want to start, it's kicking that motorcycle into full gear and rooming off without hesitation. Um, it's a very strong, powerful card. Obviously, it's a major arcana card, but it's this big energy of this driving off onto this journey. And I really like that this image on the tower deck on, on my deck has the motorcycle. Cause I really love the image of someone just like kicking it, starting and going down this empty road. And yeah, mm-hmm. so that's really the energy that I feel for the solar eclipse and this burst of new newness will be feeling of like starting and that motivating energy. So don't ignore that. Can I also add that like it is also the cancer card. So it's also saying trust your intuition. True. 
And next, I pulled the strength card, which I just thought was very interesting because it is um, chronologically, I guess. I don't know if that's the word, but it comes right after the chariot and in the major arcanum. And I also really love the strength card because it's all the power, it's knowing all this power and whatever you have, but then knowing when to use it. It's very much knowing that those big outbursts, um, you know, hurting people to hurt people or just doing it because you can and you're strong enough to do it and I don't care. That's not the energy of the strength card. It's knowing you have all that in you, knowing when to use it and knowing when to hold, like, hold your peace kind of and just understand that situations aren't worth it. And I love that because it doesn't show strength in a way that you have power over other people. It's having power over your own emotions and self. And that is such a strong trait to have. And yeah, and I think that it's very much a lesson we're going to be taking with us for this moon cycle is with everything going on, it's just not losing our control over ourselves in that and not like in a, you know, hold yourself back kind of way and like, don't let yourself, you know, do what you want to do. But I, there definitely is beauty and strength and power in just like understanding, um, the when and where of things. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just think with all of this energy, we can kind of get lost in it that as above, so below, I feel like when you, when you aren't recognizing what's going on, you, are just a, for lack of a better way to describe it, but kind of just a pawn in it, like things are just happening to you. And instead of just having this energy happen mm -hmm. to you, you know, understand that you are, you can still have control over how you react to these things and move forward with these things and harness these things mm -hmm. or release these things. So yeah, I just really see the strength card as stepping into your power and understanding that your power is always yours. So yeah. And then finally, Beautiful. I pulled the King of Wands. And I feel like this also very nicely goes with the Strength card in the sense that um, it's having this, like, I don't know. The King of Wands is very charismatic and likable. Um, and people like him. And he, and he also has, I know Deborah was talking about intuition with the chariot. He also does have this intuitiveness to him. So... Mm -hmm. I just think where, I don't know, strength is like controlling your reaction. King of Wands also has quite a control over his image um, because he's just so darn mm -hmm. likable, you know? And it's not that that's not like an innate thing in him, but I also think it's still just, again, reinforcing this idea that you can have, and, and Wands is, it's fire, you know, it's all this big energy still. And he's the king, um, which adds this... Um, like level of mastery and maturity to what he's doing of what of his element. So it's not, mm -hmm. so with all that, it's to say that it's not just again happening to him. He has control over this energy of him. All of this fire is, it's not a wildfire. It's a very controlled match mm -hmm. that he knows when to light kind of thing. So that's yes. what I, um, obviously there's a lot else you can take away from this card, but I just think in combination with the strength card, um, it's really all about just that, just believing in yourself enough to know that like you can, um, use the best parts of yourself 
and push that forward and you have that strength and that power and all of that. So that's what I really gathered from these three cards is that taking the burst of energy from the chariot, but not letting the motorcycle ride you kind of thing. You know, people ride it for the first time and they're like, oh my goodness. Uh, And it's like, don't, don't do that. (laughs) So yeah. So I think that that's the chariot is like the kickstart of the motorcycle, which is the solar eclipse energy. And then the king of wands and the strength is here to caution you and remind you that, you know, don't let the bike get away from you. Don't let that energy get away from you. And yeah, so that's my little read. Wow, that's so perfect. I hope that y'all remember come back to Mia's reading during this eclipse because that was very powerful. And for my poll, it's so funny because I also pulled very fiery cards. Um, What we're going into this eclipse, the solar eclipse with is the ace of wands. Um, So we're entering with this raw, um, this raw creative energy and almost restlessness um, of like things need to change. And that's, again, playing into that mutability energy that's really in the heavens. And so it's like, I I know something can be different. And really going off with Mia's um, read is like knowing that you can. This is the first time where, you know, I don't know if like, as an example, if like you're at this job and you used to be like, oh, I can't leave. Why would I be able to leave? I can't, I'm not doing any, I can't do anything else. That wouldn't work out. This Ace of Wands is going to be that moment in time when you're like, hmm, Mm -hmm. I think it can work out. Maybe if I did do this, it would be okay. It's that formulation of this idea of these potentials within you, aka your power. Um, And then in the... In the heart of it, of this eclipse, we have the sun, another major arcana card. And this is saying leaning into what gives you joy, the thing that lights up your heart. Um, and I think that that is a beautiful reminder of what eclipses do. Because they are at the nodes of fate, they're really bringing you to like your life journey, your purpose, and that will always include joy. If you are in a place of where you know, like there is, there isn't that possibility of joy for you, you're not in the right place in your life. And of course, there's like other things to say when we all go through or other people more than others with like being disconnected and being depressed or having mental health, um, things that obstruct us from leaning into that joy. But the sun is here to remind us that we can we can have joy in this life and we're here to experience it. And also because of the Gemini energy, it's emphasizing having fun, being playful, being experimental and having fun in this thing we call life. And coming out of this eclipse, we have the Queen of Wands, the counterpart to the King of Wands. So they're both emphasizing that it's a being able to create something with structure because these court cards, specifically the King and Queen, are about a structured form of how it's being presented to the world. And the Queen of Wands is it, it's asking us to embody this commitment. She's deeply loyal. Um 
And it's funny because Mia pulled the strength card and that's the Leo card. And the queen of wands is also very Leo card. Um, she has a lion next to her, sometimes a cat, but in my deck, it's a lion. Um, so it's similar to the strength card where she's just kind of taming the lion. Can you see Mia? Yeah. So it's asking us to have that strength that commitment and that strength, um, but being able to do it very gracefully, being able to do it from leading from a sense of strong sense of self and intuition and belief in ourselves and our perspectives and our ideas and our approach to things, because there's no doubt in this queen of wands of who she is and the power that she holds. She's able to command, um, She's able to actually lead with that strength because she doesn't have moments of hesitation, um, but she's also able to do it in a very graceful way. And she's deeply committed. And that is one of the most positive attributes of this queen of wands. And so we're being asked to, with this trying to Saturn, what are we really going to be committing to? What are we really going to build um, and oversee? And how do we do it with grace? Um, how do we do that from our in, from our sense of strength and empowerment? Um, and knowing that with this lion, how can we kind of tame the things that we think negatively of ourselves so that we can actually fulfill our full potential? and reduce self-doubt as much as possible. So that's my read, the Ace of Wands going into the eclipse, all that raw energy. And because it's Gemini, what are the choices? What are we creating? Um, and in the midst of the eclipse is that sun. And coming out of it is the embodiment of the Queen of Wands. That was beautiful. Um, and yeah, so that's the tarot read for this um gemini new moon solar eclipse and i hope it helped you get a better idea for the energy i just feel like the tarot read at the end always really summarizes everything we've said because the tarot cards always get it right and are much better at being concise than me and deborah are <laughs> so yeah. now that we've reached the end of our anniversary episode i wanted to give the rules on how to enter our giveaway that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast so first step Comment a review right now wherever you're listening to this podcast on the podcast platform um, on Anchor or the podcast app, I believe. Um, you should be able the podcast, the wherever podcast. You, listen, you should be able to comment a review. So leave one and then head over to our Instagram and we will have a post up like we always do announcing the new episode like that post and you can copy and paste your review in the comments um, as well so we can see it there and then tag at least one person. If you tag any additional people, those will be extra entries so you can get more of a chance. And yes, we're just so grateful for you all listening and it's really why we wanted the review. We just wanted to hear what you guys are thinking and anything you'd want us to change or add or anything like that. So yeah, we just want to hear your feedback and give back a little bit. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you have a wonderful eclipse and new moon and we will see you or hear you listen, speaking to you. We will be speaking to you <laughs> for the next episode. 
Thank you. Thank <laughs> Bye. you. Bye. Bye.